I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers, with class sizes like about 16 per teacher. You can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes reporter for Hurricanes.com. He joins us down the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. All right, Walt, Walt, I know you're out there in Nashville. The draft starts tonight, but I got to know first and foremost, who we trading for? Who we getting? What, who's, what's the big name, Walt? Who's the big guy that we're getting for the Carolina <laughs> Hurricanes? Who's that guy, right? Is it Mitch Marner? Who we got? Well, fellas, first and foremost, you know, I got to say thank you for the intro music. Nothing brings a smile to my face more. Always on cue. Uh, but to answer the, the question, Dennis, uh, I'm going to have to keep you on your toes for a little bit longer, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, patience is the big word of the day, with especially Carolina picking 30th tonight. Uh, it's going to be a, um, I don't want to say a long night, because it's a fun day. It's a great day, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the draft only happens once a year, so... Uh, it'll be exciting to see, especially what happens at the top part of tonight's NHL draft. There are some big question marks as to who could go where. But, uh, yeah, as we know, with this front office group, anything is possible. So I don't want to say, you know, don't watch tonight because the potential for the big splashes could be there. Um, but for the interim, Carolina scheduled to pick 30th. All right, Walt Ruff joining us right now, Hurricanes.com. Uh, Walt, I know you're going to look fresh uh, and, and be freshly dressed out there. I, I do want to ask you about this, though. Um, what kind of value can be can the Hurricanes possibly get for the number 30 pick, just in case if they want to trade out of it, they don't want to pick anybody uh, with that 30th overall pick tonight? Yeah, I think that's a good question, Chris. Uh, the best example was ultimately not that far back down the line and. 2021 when the Canes elected to move back out of the first round. I think what the most possible situation on a night like tonight is uh, the team likely has a short list of names of who they could be interested in at that spot. And if those names aren't available, uh, then potentially we see them move backwards because uh, like we saw a couple of years ago, they traded back out of the first round and then they wound up picking at number 40 and number 51 uh, on the second day of the draft, and they picked Scott Morrow and Alexi Himosalmi, two names that are, um, or excuse me, Bill Koivinen at 51, I believe, two names who a lot of people within the organization are very excited about. So, uh, yes, you can get somebody that you can be very excited about at number 30, but you can also potentially get two players you can wind up very excited about not that far back in the order. So, it's definitely something that could be a possibility tonight, um, and I'm eager to see if that does come to fruition. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, alongside Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with you. Because they have nine picks, is there potential that they could even, if there's a guy out there that they really like, could even move up in the draft? Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's the wonderful thing about having those extra picks in your arsenal. You can put together packages and we've seen it go the other way as well as recently as last year when um, in the sixth round Carolina elected to just flop with Chicago, who of course, as we know, has the number one pick tonight. So even something as small as trading a late round pick this year for a late round pick next year. And again, it might only be a difference of um, 10 to 20 spots. That's a possibility, but it could also go the other way, right? You could, as you mentioned, put a package of those picks together. If there's a name who, 
um, you know, you didn't think was still going to be available at a certain slot and you have the inventory to give up to get that player at that spot, um, I'm sure it's something that the team will consider. Well, I know that the Carolina Hurricanes uh, are going to make a lot of moves over the next few days, including uh, with the draft, where there's going to be signing new players uh, when uh, free agency begins or even trading for new players and, of course, drafting players uh, during the NHL draft. But there have been a lot of these names that end up get, getting drafted over the last few years. Of course, uh, besides um, – uh, what's my man's name I'm trying to think of really quick? Uh, number 24, help me out, man. Seth, Seth Jarvis? Jarvis? Seth Jarvis, yes. Seth Jarvis had a, had a quick, uh, you know, ascent to, to, the, to the roster. A lot of these guys we haven't seen uh, because, you know, they're still, uh, tra- they're still, you know, developing and still in the AHL or other leagues. Is there, is there a possibility for maybe one of these other players if the Canes don't find somebody that they want for the right value uh, to bring in that maybe one of the players that are developing is, is ready to come up to the main roster and potentially play uh, more next, next season? Yeah, there are a couple of, of names to keep an eye on when training camp rolls around. And like you said, a lot can happen and a lot will happen between now and then, starting with the draft tonight, free agency on Saturday, and then – um, as we saw last year, the two splash trades with Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty. And yes, the Pacioretty one didn't exactly pan out in year one how everyone had hoped. But um, it's nice to know that the team isn't afraid to make that sort of move. And um, part of that byproduct is there are so many teams around the league that are in a bit of trouble when it comes to the cap right now. And there are only a handful that have more cap space than the Carolina Hurricanes. So um, if somebody's looking to offload a player like we saw with the Pacioretty situation or even um, in San Jose where they knew they weren't going to be a competitive team this year and they got rid of Brent Burns, certainly the possibility for that move exists. But to get to more of the question at hand, uh, Vasily Ponomarov is the first name that comes to mind in regards to somebody that played in the American League this past season. We heard his name come up during the playoffs a little bit because he was traveling with the team to New York after the slew of injuries. Um, he's somebody who he had a really nice first full professional season in North America. He, again, he played some juniors in North America before going back to Russia for a little bit. Um, and now he's knocking on the door of a potential lineup spot. He looked really, really good at last year's training camp. But of course, he was only 20 years old at the time. And I don't think anybody expected him to be on the radar as much as he was. Um, so if I had to give you that one name to keep an eye on for the fall that you said that could potentially be able to make the jump and was drafted in recent years, um, I definitely would go with Vasily Ponomarov. Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline. Free agency starts on Saturday. This is the first day that Sebastian Ajo can sign a long-term contract extension with the Carolina Hurricanes. We've seen Pierre-Luc Dubois get $8.5 million per year. We saw Timo Meyer with the New Jersey Devils get $8.8 million per year. Both of those contracts eight years long. Where do we see Sebastian Ajo possibly falling in his pay range? Is it equal or around both of those guys or potentially more around nine-plus million dollars a year? You'd have to think it's going to be somewhere within that ballpark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's for the, the more uh, – the smarter folks than I, I should say, to figure out then uh, – to figure out that exact contract value. But those are two names that uh, certainly you can bring up to be a part of that conversation and where that contract extension is hopefully going to fall – um, obviously, that's something that the team is hoping to get done. I know there are rumors that uh, could potentially be done already, but we know how those sorts of rumors fly this time of year. 
Um, we've heard Tom Dundon's desire and express to yeah. try and get that done as soon as close to July one, excuse me, as possible. Uh, Donald Ellis said the same thing. So that could potentially be coming this weekend. Um, but in terms of value yet, yeah, it's hard to not feel like that eight, nine range is certainly somewhere where it, it could lie. All right. Well, I'm excited to see what ends up happening tonight. Um, and also for subsequent nights, I know that uh, you're going to be busy, of course, because you have uh, a lot to report on for uh, the Canes. But as we kind of uh, wrap this up and, and say uh, goodbye uh, for you so you can have a great time in Nashville, um, how, how late are you going to be staying up the next few nights, making sure we, we get all the information on hurricanes.com? Well, hopefully not too late, um, unless, of course, there are other activities taking place on Broadway. It's a very dangerous place. But for the work-related events, uh, obviously tonight we're expecting it to be a little bit of a late one with Carolina coming in at the 30th pick. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a quick day. Uh, it'll be about from 11 a.m. Eastern until about 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And, again, the Canes are, as of right now, expected to make eight picks. And then Friday should be a bit of a lighter day. And then Saturday will, of course, be the first day of free agency. Starts at 12 noon Eastern. Um, again, you can find all of that information at hurricanes.com and hopefully we'll have some good news for you there in regards to exciting moves for the team. Uh, one final question for you in terms of those exciting moves and people can read, are we going to hear anything about Freddie Anderson and or auntie Ranta? It's a big question, right? Dennis, I mean, you've got to figure something out in, in the goaltending situation. Um, that's, uh, you have Piotr Kochetkov locked up right now, but mm-hmm. of course, uh, those are two guys that. I'm sure are garnering some interest around the league because of their play the last couple of years. Um, if Carolina is hoping to have that three-headed monster back, you'd have to envision that that would be something that could also come sooner rather than later. So uh, we'll see. That's a good question. And uh, uh, an area that Carolina will certainly want to address within uh, the first few hours of free agency. That's Walt Ruff, Hurricanes.com. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Walt Ruff. Thanks for your time. Enjoy Nashville, sir. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Chris, I feel like now in terms of especially sports media, but sports fandom nowadays, because sports fandom follows our lead in a a sense in terms of what they discuss, is that we get so much wrapped up nowadays into comparing current players to players of past eras, right? In terms of, all right, well, who's better? You know, like, for example, this is not a LeBron-Michael Jordan comparison conversation. This is not that. But how many times have you heard a LeBron James being brought up in his success and it automatically gets compared to Michael Jordan, right? In terms Every of, okay, well, who's better? Every single day. And it's, and it's exhausting, right? Every day. One thing I wish that we did more often, us as, and just as sports fans, that we appreciated the greatness that we do see out there. And I think the word greatness sometimes gets overblown and thrown out there way too much. But I look last night. And unfortunately, I don't get to see him play as often as I want to because he's on the West Coast. But Shohei Otani of the of the L.A. Angels last night 
just on the mound and at the plate, just dominated. He beat the Chicago White Sox by himself. The Angels won 4-2 over the Chicago White Sox yesterday. Shohei Otani pitched six and a third innings, only gave up one run, struck out 10 dudes, but by the way, at the plate, goes three for three, hits two home runs, also walked his other plate appearance. It's insane what this guy is doing in terms of baseball. He's one of the best hitters in Major League Baseball, if not the best right now. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. It's a, it's, 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 it's not something. It's exactly. It's mind blowing. I was trying to find it's the right word. It's mind blowing to see that someone is able to be great at both. It's hard enough for someone to just be good at one, but to be great at both, it's absolutely insane. And here's a stat out there, Chris. I know a lot of people are into stats. On the games where Shohei Otani pitches. He's hitting 407 on the games that he pitches. Like he's hitting over 400. That's crazy. Like the day he throws. Like that's that's unreal. That's unreal. There's a lot of pitchers out there who couldn't even bunt the baseball. You got stats. I have a stat too. And and this is crazy because uh, what Shohei Otani did last night Mm -hmm. was something that we haven't seen, Dennis, in 100 in 33 years, Damn. right? He became the first MLB player to reach bla- the base four plus times, hit two or more home runs, mm-hmm. and strike out 10 or more batters all in the same game since Jack Stivitz did it for the St. Louis Browns Jeez. as they went against the Toledo Mommies on June 10th, 1890. Goodness. 1890. That is before the Wilmington Massacre <laughs> of Golly. 1898. That's just, that that's, is wild. That's insane. Otani, he leads Major League Baseball in home runs. He's 28. Leads Major League Baseball and runs batted in, 64. Slugging percentage on base plus slugging percentage. Extra base hits and total bases right now. He also leads all qualifying pitchers in opponent batting average. Opponents are just hitting 180 off him. He's third in strikeouts, already has 127. We haven't even reached the midpoint of the season. And he's also, by the way, dude throws gas. He averages 90, just over 97 miles per hour on his fastball as well. If you actually look at his hitting stats, what he's projected to do the rest of the season, this is just hitting, okay? He's he, 304 batting average, an on-base plus slugging percentage of over 1,000, 30 doubles, 8 triples, 56 home runs, crazy, 128 RBIs, 110 runs scored, and also 22 stolen bases. So That's just his hitting numbers. Just his batting stats. Let me ask you this. All right. Because we, you started this off by talking about the LeBron versus MJ thing, and I think one of the reasons why – it's so easy to do that because in basketball, you really only have three positions, guard, forward, center. Yeah. And the way the game has kind of gone, a lot of those positions are starting to, you know, look similar to each other. Like Bam Adebayo technically is a center, but he's bringing the ball up and, and dishing it out like a, like a guard, right? Yeah. So, like, they're starting to blend in, so it's easier to kind of look and compare different players from different um, eras and say, wait a minute, who's the GOAT, who's the GOAT, right? And football is harder because you have the different positions and who's been great at different positions. You can't do, uh, you know, you can't really compare Dan Marino and Reggie White. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really hard to, yeah. to do that. With baseball, you have the different positions as well. 
but you typically talk about pitchers and hitters. And we're talking about somebody who's not only a great hitter, he's a great pitcher as well. So, Dennis, I do want to ask you this. Hmm. Is there is there any credence to the fact that we could be looking at baseball's GOAT right now? Like, when it's all said and done, Shohei Otani will go down as, like, the best ever, the GOAT in, in ever that's ever played the sport of baseball. That's a tough one to throw out there. Uh, I I hate having those conversations for players who have yet to finish their careers. Um, I'm reluctant to say those kinds of things. <laughs> I, I know I just I just am because it's just you never know. Like after the season, his play could just fall off a cliff. Um, yeah, anything can happen. Oh, you know, any, anything can happen. Like for example, again, his play after the season could just fall off a cliff. Um, not saying it will. I highly doubt it will. But we just never know. But in terms of someone who's doing these things. I mean, he's the best of this era. That's something I will say. He's the best of this era in terms of just overall all-around baseball player. Are there guys who are better hitters? Sure. Are there guys who might there are better pitchers? Sure. But who does both? Nobody. At this high of a level. At this high level? Nobody yeah. does. Nobody's doing it. So I, I, my whole point on this conversation was this, Chris. Go out there. If you get a chance to watch him play, whether it's on television if you get this chance to see him in person, just enjoy it for what it is. You know, I because again, we we dive into that that greatest of all time conversation. That word, the the acronym GOAT to me gets thrown out way too much. But appreciate him for what he does. Appreciate the fact that we are seeing one of the best to ever do it. And appreciate the fact that there is someone out there who is completely changing how people might actually view baseball players in the sense that oh, if I get a dominant pitcher but that can also hit, maybe I should let him do both, you know, as opposed yeah. to just having you focus on just one thing. This is also a problem with thinking youth sports as well, is that especially for pitchers, you just get thrown on the mound and that's it. You don't hit. You don't play any other positions. Shohei Otani in the World Baseball Classic was playing, like, in the outfield. He was like He played, like, six different positions or something like that in the World Baseball Classic. Like, that dude's just a baseball player. He's not a pitcher. He's not a hitter. He's just player, a pure man. baseball player, and we just don't see that enough. We specialize too much stuff now in youth sports and just sports in general. But, no, this guy goes out there. Where do you want me to play? First base? Cool. I'll go do it. Outfield? You got it. You know, and, and that brings up an interesting discussion, too, because um, you can argue that basketball players these days mm -hmm. are probably the best they've ever been mainly because they are specializing, right? Maybe. Uh, a lot of these kids are playing, you know, basically year-round between um, AAU and then playing at, at whatever school they go to uh, and, and basically training in between that and all they're doing is playing basketball. And you're seeing certain things from a skill perspective that we probably haven't seen before. But uh, it also feels like something else is missing from that equation when, when you watch basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the defense isn't as good because no. guys don't move as well. Uh, I wouldn't say move as well, but move as well in the defensive position. Yeah. Just to be more specific because uh, they, they definitely are dunking and jumping higher and all that. Um, but it just kind of makes you wonder, like, you know, what we're, what we're missing from people not being as, uh, as all-around athletes playing different types of sports oh, since yeah. they are specializing. And, and maybe Shohei Otani, I mean, I don't – 
after we have to look up his background outside of pretty much what he's been doing the last couple of years. I really don't know much about him, honestly. I don't really watch baseball until it gets important. Um, but maybe this is a good case for people to start being specialized in, in a lot of different sports because you're able to do all these different motions. I mean, to hit and to throw the, all that torque that it puts on your, your shoulders and your back, what that does to your body, your core. Like he is an all around athlete. He, he can probably pick up a, a football and do some amazing things with that right now, just because of how well he's playing in, in, in baseball. One thing I will say when I was coaching uh, college sports, uh, when I was coaching lacrosse full time, I wanted multi-sport athletes because yeah. of those reasons that you mentioned with basketball. And, and I, I, I did not like having players that were just specified or only thing they did was ever play lacrosse is because there are different aspects of other sports that you can translate into your the primary sport that in which you play. I loved having athletes that were uh, lacrosse players that were also basketball players because they understood better concepts in terms of defensive help, defensive spacing, also just the athleticism for the lateral movement as well, and also just even on offense, spacing and movement when it comes to offense as well, or soccer players. You know, the hand-eye coordination and things along those lines greatly benefited from players that were multi-sport athletes. So I loved having players that were multi-sport athletes. I encouraged it. I actually had recruits ask me, should I just play lacrosse this upcoming season? I said, no. Oh. Play your basketball season, play your soccer season, whatever it is. Run your indoor track, whatever that, you, whatever it is that you do. I want you to do it. Absolutely. I want you to do it. I don't want you just to scrap all that other stuff just to focus on lacrosse for this upcoming season. Play these other sports. It is something that you definitely need. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.